Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go on this third Sunday of Advent, uh, when we light the pink candle to represent joy, the joy uh, to the world, the joy of the world, uh, the joy entering the world in the person of Jesus Christ. So we're glad to have you here wherever you happen to be, whether you are local in Fairfield County and tuning in, or whether you're somewhere uh, else in the country or somewhere else in the world. We're delighted to have you with us. So I mentioned last week in the email that you received that you clicked on to get to this podcast, there's a little yellow button that says uh, Pledge Now. And our hope is that everyone who feels blessed by uh, our church and this ministry might find a way to contribute this year. So uh, we've got a goal, and, and that goal is for each of you listening to participate in that campaign. So if you could take a moment uh, after this worship podcast to do that, we'd really appreciate it. Now, uh, it's time to prepare our hearts for worship and to receive the word as we listen to this morning's anthem. Away in the Manger, played by my dear friend Karen Harvey.
Our scripture text comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. Listen for the word of God. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has regarded the lowest state of God's handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For the one who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. And God's mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his posterity forever. Let us pray. Among the Christmas wreaths and the red velvet bows, the tinsel and the pine and the poinsettias, the cookies and the cake and the holiday food and the holiday friends, amongst all these things we come. Now into the stillness of this hour, we ask you to calm our breath and center our minds so that we can hear the truth that lies within this very familiar story. To that end, I pray that you might pour through me the gift of preaching, that these ordinary words might become by some miracle of your grace tailor-made for each and every one of us, that they might contain your gospel truth. And we know that they will, for we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. When we think of the Christmas story, we almost always think of the Gospel of Luke. Luke introduces the Christmas story with a series of events that he strings together like three pearls on a necklace. And I'm 95% sure that everyone hearing this, these stories will be familiar with them. First, the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist. Second, the story of the angel Gabriel, who brings the good news to the Virgin Mary, a story we know as the Annunciation. And third, our story this morning, the story of the Magnificat, or the story of Mary traveling to see Elizabeth, where she sings her famous song, Mary's song, if you will. The first story is a story about an elderly couple, Elizabeth and Zechariah, who have no children. A heavenly messenger brings good news to Zechariah, the priest, that they will have a child, and Zechariah questions the absurdity of the news. One theologian quips, they would be the only ones in the local market buying diapers and depends, shopping on the aisle for baby formula and on the aisle for denture cream. Zechariah questions the angel and is punished by being struck mute for the entirety of Elizabeth's pregnancy until their son John the Baptist is born. This is how Luke begins his gospel, and the next story follows immediately after it. The second story is perhaps one of the most well-known of all of the stories. It is known as the Annunciation, the story of the angel Gabriel bringing the good news to Mary, that she will conceive by the Holy Spirit, and her son will be the Son of the Most High. 
Mary is afraid and perplexed and asks, How can this be, for she is not yet married? But the angel assures her that she has been chosen by God. We don't have stained glass windows in the meeting house, but if we did, this would surely be one of the most prominent stories. Mary being greeted by the angel Gabriel. It is one of the most painted scenes in all of art history. But after the angel left, reality surely hit. What would she tell Joseph, her betrothed? What would she tell her parents? She has no idea what to do, so she hurries out of town to an older relative's home, Elizabeth, who is quite possibly her aunt, and she believes Elizabeth will take her in, and Elizabeth does. When Mary arrives, she sings out a tune known as the Magnificat. If she didn't speak a lot before, she has certainly found her voice by now. The early church sang and chanted the Magnificat regularly. Johann Sebastian Bach put it to music in 1723. My soul magnifies the Lord, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. The Mighty One has done great things for me. And then what follows is a list of all the things that God has done. And I can promise you that none of these are in your Christmas card greeting this year. God has scattered the proud. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones. God has filled the hungry and sent the rich away empty. The words of the Magnificat have been so controversial that a number of countries ban them from being spoken in public. Did you know that? I did not know that. Guatemala, El Salvador, and a few places in Latin America, and not hundreds of years ago either. This happened in the 1980s. In fact, so controversial were the words of the Magnificat that when Martin Luther, the great reformer, translated the Bible into German, he left the words of the Magnificat in Latin. Why are these words so dangerous? Why are the words that describe a world upside down so dangerous? The late Henry Nouwen wrote, Our whole way of living is structured around climbing the ladder of success and making it to the top. Our very sense of direction is dependent upon being part of an upward pull the joy provided by the rewards given on the way up. We are taught by society to climb up. The Magnificat turns the world upside down. Anne Quinlan, the Newsweek editorialist, wrote, Forget the pursuit of the next promotion. The bigger paycheck, the larger house, just forget it. Do you think you'd care about any of those things if you had an aneurysm one afternoon? or found a lump in your breast while in the shower? Do these things matter when your life is turned upside down? Episcopal priest and New York Times bestselling author, Barbara Brown Taylor says, much has been made in years past about the choices we make, about how we choose our lives. But more often than not, I think that they seem to choose us, don't they? Our best-laid 10-year plans are interrupted by things that happen to us, by sudden illness and surprise babies, by aging parents, by the economy. 
terrible and wonderful things do happen. But much of the time it boils down to a yes or a no on our part. Yes, I will explore unexpected turn of events. Or no, I will not. You may become angry and spend all of your time and energy trying to get your life back to the way it once was. Or, or, you can take part of a plan you did not choose and honestly do not entirely understand. Deciding to say yes, Barbara Brown Taylor says, does not mean you're not afraid. It means you are willing You are not willing to let your fear stop you in your tracks. Friends, here's the thing. Sometimes life goes exactly according to our plan. Sometimes life goes exactly like our vision for our lives. But sometimes it it does not. Sometimes life happens to us and suddenly we are dealt a curveball. And faith doesn't mean we are not scared. Faith doesn't mean we don't stop and ask the hard questions along the way. People of faith can be scared and ask questions along the way. Faith is the quiet confidence that no matter what we face, come hell or high water, God will give us the strength, the courage, and the grace to face it. So you beneath life's crushing load, whose form is bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps so slow, look now, for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. Come rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Let us pray. Holy God, creator of the universe, redeemer of heaven and earth, and sustainer of life, we are awed by the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. The story of the incarnation is comforting in its familiarity to us, but the promise and its fulfillment are no less extraordinary today, just as they were on that starry night 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. We need to feel your presence in our lives. We need to encounter your holiness. Our trouble is slowing down enough, being quiet and still enough to hear what you have to say. Because we need to be reminded that you are not amongst the tinsel and the lights and the gleaming holiday parties. Oftentimes we find you in the stillness of our hearts when you say, do not be afraid. As we prepare to receive you anew and afresh, quiet us and attune our spirit to your spirit. As we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his own disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.